0: Table Rock Industries was founded by an ambitious young man named Jake Grimm. He grew up in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, was basically raised on his family's farm, and he spent countless hours at his mother's restaurant. All of that has led him to develop something called the QR Menu System. Stick around because in today's show, we're going to talk about what it means to serve your community. Plus, you'll learn all about how the QR Menu System can help in your restaurant. Don't go anywhere. There's an old saying goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who will never see, and those who can see when shown. This is Restaurant Strategy, a marketing podcast for anyone who's looking. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. My name is Chip Close, and this is Restaurant Strategy, the marketing podcast dedicated entirely to the hospitality industry. So each week we highlight tools, tactics, and strategies that will establish you as a leader in your market. That means doing more covers and driving more revenue. Now, Usually each week I'll, uh, I'll just pick a topic, we'll pick it apart, but every so often I try to mix in an interview, sometimes with restaurant owners, other times with uh, someone else who can offer an interesting perspective on the industry. This week, I'm joined by Jake Grimm. He's the founder of Table Rock Industries. Uh, they've been a sponsor here of the show because they've developed something called the QR menu system, which we will get to. We will talk about that in time. But Jake has a really interesting background and I thought he could provide a, a, kind of an interesting perspective to the conversation we've been having these past few weeks when we talk about you know transitioning a restaurant or pivoting your restaurant. So, Jake, welcome to the show. Hi, Chip, I'm excited to be here today. So you're connected to the restaurant industry in a couple of different ways. So if we can, before we start talking about Table Rock and all that, I wanna go all the way back and and explain to me how you got introduced to the restaurant industry.
1: Let's do it, all right. So I'm 21 years old, and I've been in the restaurant industry, I can say, my entire life. My mother, Lisa Grimm, has owned the Pub & Restaurant, which is on the square of Gettysburg, uh, for the past about 30 years, and so Uh, I came into this world, kind of grew up with inside the restaurant. And the pub and restaurant, it burnt down in 2001. And so my mother rebuilt the entire restaurant from the ground up. And I was there the entire time, you know, about a year or two old, running around with a hammer in my hand. And so it's basically my second home. I have spent a lot of time in there. And so uh, the restaurant industry is something very close to my heart. And, you know, these are some tough times and I want to do what I can to help others with inside the restaurant industry.
0: Yeah. So I I didn't I never realized that it had burnt down. How long ago? How long did it take to um, to build it back up and get it reopened? It took an entire year. Yeah, that's crazy. And so and then it's been running since, I guess, like 2002 straight through to now. Yep.
1: It's been fully open and, um, you know, they do an incredible job. Um, You know, I'm proud to say it's one of the best restaurants in Gettysburg. It's great during the tourist season. A lot of people come out. You know, I'm really proud of my mom. She's a very strong woman. It was not easy for her uh, what she's gone through and with the pub burning down. uh, But, you know, she powers through it and she gets the job done. And she's been a a role model for me. So how has,
0: you know, growing up... In the restaurant industry, I want to say, how has that influenced you? But um, what kind of uh, perspective does that give you, uh, you know, going through life? You know, growing up in the restaurant industry was
1: was great for me because it taught me to be comfortable with talking to basically anyone. Yeah, growing up, you know, they say, don't talk to strangers, and I totally get that. Um, But being in the restaurant industry, I was always around, you know, waiters or waitresses, cooks, chefs, bartenders. And so I was always talking to people that are older than me, and that gave me the confidence to, you know, go and talk to anyone. And, you know, passing through the restaurant, I'd always talk to guests, you know, see how they're doing, how their meal was. And, you know, that really helped me out in er my early stages of life and helped
0: prepare me uh, for my future. And I assume you, uh, you've you bussed some tables and washed some dishes over the years?
1: Let me. I was telling someone this the other day. So I think it's about six years now running. I've washed dishes every 4th of July. It just seems to always happen. Um, so, yep, I'm in there either washing dishes, bussing tables, or hosting. I, lo- I enjoy that. I like hosting because you get to see people
0: when they come in and they're hungry and they're excited to get their meal. Yeah, for sure. I spent years here in New York City as a maitre d' running the front door. And uh, certainly not without its challenges, but one of the one of the best parts of the job uh, is that you get to be the host to everybody. You get to know everybody. You get to, you know, be the one to um, I don't know. You, you get to know people and you get to know uh, you get to celebrate the milestones with them and all that. It's a it's a good position to be in.
1: It is. I like to joke around in the pub. They do an incredible job, but just like any other restaurant, sometimes, uh, you know, meals get screwed up. So I always say that I like being the host because I get to deal with people before they get upset.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of the, the harder things to do is, you know, one of the best parts about what we do is we get to fix problems. Um, it's the most frustrating part uh, of any of any restaurant uh, manager's job or, you know, any any hospitality professional when uh, I always hate when, you know, somebody comes to me irate. It's like, oh, no, you should have gotten me involved earlier when I could actually do something about it. And we could have fixed it before we got to this point.
1: Yep. You know, we're lucky at the pub. We got some incredible desserts. So we usually turn the situation around. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know listen I got a crazy sweet tooth so that's definitely uh, that's definitely one way to, to fix a problem um, why did your mom uh, open the restaurant did she just open it from scratch or did she was she a partner in it or do you know the story there I do
1: um, and it's a long story but long story short she owned the pub with her husband back in the day there were partners in it um, and they got divorced and so she ended up running the pub um, and that was a lot on her shoulders, but you know it wasn't doing the best. But she got it turned around, um, and you know she has it you know, today and it, it's an incredible business It does well, and it's uh, highly
0: respected in the community. So uh, you know, obviously, restaurant owners everywhere are dealing with the uh, the fallout from the COVID nineteen crisis. How are they? How are they faring during this time?
1: It's been kind of challenging because, like I said, I've I've grown up in this restaurant my whole life. It's like a second home and to not have anyone in it, that was tough. That was definitely tough. It was an eerie feeling to go in there and not see other faces, Um, you know, a place that's usually full of life, uh, full of excitement, you know, was completely dead. And so we did close down for about a month or two, two months, and so during that time, it was, you know, go in, check it. Actually, what ended up, one thing that happened a week after we had to close, um, the restaurant got hit. Uh, somebody crashed their vehicle into it. Um, luckily, that person made out all right. Um, but you know what they say: when it rains, it pours. Uh, <laughs> but we were able to patch the hole and, you know, fix the side of the building. But wow. um, it's definitely been difficult, and it's been a challenge reopening, and you know, staying within inside the guidelines and ensuring that people are safe. And that's my mother's uh, greatest concern for her employees and her guests is to make sure that people are going to be safe. And that's why, you know, she could have focused on doing takeout at the time, but really she just wanted to make sure her employees were okay. Um, and so that's why she did shut down. Um, and it was difficult, but you know, we're getting back on track it's not the same. Um, but we're getting there.
0: Yeah. So we're recording this on, uh, July 14th and, uh, you know, as we record this, uh, the United States, you know, nationwide, uh, daily cases are going up and up and up. We're starting to see surge all over the, the country. So, uh, it's tricky. I'm sure everybody, uh, out there listening to this episode, uh, understands that it felt like we were just coming through. We saw a light at the end of the tunnel and we were all going to be able to reopen. And that has largely uh, not been the case. You know, California sliding backwards. Texas is about to, you know, close back up again. It looks like Florida is going to, uh, going to have to close back up again and, um, you know, certainly it's challenging because uh, you don't know what to do. You, you kind of weathered the storm for as long as you could. And so so tell me then, with the pub and restaurant, are you guys, um, are they just open for outdoor dining or just uh, takeout and delivery or, or, or what? So currently the pub is open to outdoor
1: dining and indoor seating, uh, as well as takeouts and the bar. And luckily uh, with the pub, we have a banquet room. And so what we've done to is we've expanded our seating layout. So now you can eat inside the banquet room as well as the normal dining room. And so that's allowed us to maintain about the same uh, you know, input of customers, but still ensuring that they're spread out far enough.
0: Yeah, that's a luxury we certainly don't have here in New York City. Everyone's stuck with like 800 square feet or thousand square feet and you, you can't spread out any further.
1: A great thing that they've done here in Gettysburg, actually, they added a patio to the square that anybody can use. And so um, if you want to go out and you can get a takeout meal from any restaurant in Gettysburg and then take it to this patio, sit down, you can eat. And it's a beautiful spot. You can see, you know, the cars going around the square and, and, you know, sit there on a Friday night and just enjoy your meal. So uh, as a community, I think we're coming together really to try to, you know, keep everyone afloat. Cause it's difficult.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, how are uh, other restaurants uh, making out? Do you know of other restaurants who have closed or is everyone kind of just, uh, just sneaking by or what do you see?
1: So some restaurants remained open the entire time and other ones did close. It, it's weird. It's very weird because some restaurants I know have done incredible like, you know, sales through the roof. I think that's a lot with, you know, pizza places. You know, pizza is pretty simple. You can pick it up and take yeah. it home. I know those guys are doing great. I was talking with a um, local pizza guy, Mama's Pizza, and uh, the owner, Claudio, said, you know, this is this is crazy. I can hardly keep up with it. So it, I know it was
0: stressful for them, but in a different sense. Yeah, it, it, it is interesting how that happened, right? Like some places just they were saying like here in the city, uh, liquor stores, uh, wine shops, things like that, you know, sales through the roof. Uh, meanwhile, like restaurants are just struggling to get by.
1: Yeah, and you know, like the pub restaurants, you know, more of a fine dining, sit down kind of place. And, you know, those establishments, they are struggling right now.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, uh, it seems to be the same uh, all over the country. So then right now, so out you got outdoor seating, you got the takeout, the delivery, uh, you're opening for indoor seating. Um, you're able to spread out into the banquet and just kind of slowly build the business back up that way?
1: Yes, and def- it's definitely slowly. And so, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Um, there's not a much around it. We're in more of a rural, it's definitely a rural area. And so in the summertime, we rely on the tourists to come into town to view the battlefield. Um, and it, it's the summer is difficult because not as many people are traveling. Uh, the numbers are definitely down. There's not as many people in town as there usually would be during the summer. Um, and so we're trying to get by and do the best we can. But right now, it's difficult with not as many people traveling.
0: Yeah. Jake, this is one of the reasons why I wanted to sit down for this conversation. I'm so glad we're getting a chance to do it. But um, so many of the people I interview and so many people I talk to uh, just naturally are in more urban environments, either here in New York City or, you know, other cities around the country. And uh, the one uh, piece of perspective that I thought you could bring is that you do live in a more rural area. And so we could uh, better understand kind of what kind of pivots you guys are doing out there and what you're seeing out there. Part of that is, uh, is that, you know, agriculture is a big part of the community out there. And uh, tell me if I'm wrong, but you actually work on a farm, correct?
1: That is correct. I do live on a farm. My family owns a farm. And so I actually spend more time uh, working on the farm than I do in the restaurant.
0: So then tell me what you've noticed on that side since this whole thing has gone down. And so
1: once things closed up, um, we realized, okay, we're going to be here for a while and not leaving the house. Uh, We focused more on, you know, how can we utilize our farm better? And that's when we started doing a lot more crops. Um, We planted over 4,000 flowers. It was my mom's idea. She wanted to get into more cut flowers. Um, And luckily, this was actually an idea she had before COVID was even a concern. Uh, She wanted to start growing more flowers on the farm. And we thought, well, well, we're, we're, at it. Why don't we do more, you know, vegetables? And so now we have two, I, I don't even know if you can call them gardens. They're so huge, but that was, that was a big process. We, we got a greenhouse and we got a lot of plants in the ground. Now uh, I ran irrigation to everything. So nothing's drying up. That's been an incredibly dry summer. Um, and it, it right now it's incredible. It's so cool to see Because, you know, through our labor and, you know, just working in the dirt, now we have, you know, vegetables, we have lettuce, tomatoes, uh, delicious cilantro, um, basil, all these plants now growing on our own farm that we can utilize within the restaurant. That's cool. And so that helps us out in two ways. One, you know, it's saving the restaurant money because then we're not having to buy it. And two, it makes the customer feel more safe because they know that the, the food has, was grown right here in Adams County. It was grown on our farm. It was handled by us, and now it's in the restaurant. So they don't have to worry, you know, whose hands touch the food. Where was it at? Is it safe to eat? And that's really cool to be able to provide that to our guests. Now, I understand the city that's difficult, but I think it's really great to be able to utilize, you know, the agriculture presence around us, and we definitely have that where we are.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, here in New York City, we've got the Union Square Green Market. And actually, we've got the Green Market program all over the city. There are like, I don't know, 40 or 50 different pop-up farmers markets on any given day of the week. And those have largely continued. Um, and uh, and the farmers, you know, really come to, to count on them. They come from Jersey and Long Island and up in the Hudson Valley. And they come and converge on the city. Um, and, and, you know, New Yorkers are still, you know, still partaking in that as, as much as possible. Uh, maybe not the maybe not at the same volume as before, but it definitely is still part of it. Um, so then to talk about the farm then, what? Uh, so then what was the pivot? If you're saying like the flowers and the vegetables are a relatively new addition, what had you guys focused on before that? So my family bought the
1: farm back in, I believe 2000. It may have been 2001 or two, but about around that time. Um, and we originally we lived in Gettysburg, Um, and my mom's always wanted to live on a farm and so uh, we bought the farm and (laughs) my my parents always they remind me when we first bought the farm I said mom dad why did you buy such a dump because really back then (laughs) the farm was very much run down Um, the house that you know we went to live in it originally had homeless people literally would the train tracks go through our farm so that they would walk the train tracks come to our farm and they would live in this house because at the time it was abandoned so there was a lot of work needed to get the farm turned around and so that was really cool because if you come to our farm now we have an airbnb uh, on the farm and it is it's just like an oasis it is so beautiful it's my getaway and i love it and so our original uh, tactic on the farm was quarter horses my mom loves quarter horses and so we got into raising quarter horses breeding quarter horses and showing quarter horses um for in uh, halter shows um and did very well with that and so we've kind of shifted that more to a, towards a hobby we bale hay uh, <laughs> that's fun hot work in the summer. I've been busy with that a lot lately.
0: I can only imagine.
1: Yeah, and especially lately, it's been so hot and dry. So, it's been good hay baling uh, weather, <laughs> and so that. And then we also lease out some land for row crops, uh, you know, corn, soybeans, wheat. Um, and so, about six years ago, my mom had an interest in growing lavender. Um, she saw that there was a market there, and it was something that she wanted to try. So, we bought 400 plants of lavender one day and went out and planted them all in the field. Awesome. Um, I wasn't the most excited about it, but she was. Um, And now, six years later, we have around 1,000 plants of lavender. Wow. You know, we've lost some along the way and had to replant. But we have a very nice crop of that. And so, she wanted to do the cut flowers and the vegetables kind of to complement the lavender we were growing. Um, And we even used the lavender in at the pub. We have a lavender cheesecake. Um, which is really good. You know, you might think it doesn't sound that good. It might no, be bitter, it but great. it has very sweet taste. Kind of like the imagine the
0: smell of lavender, but on your tongue. It's really good. So this isn't wasn't so much a pivot as just kind of an expansion or an extension of kind of what was already going on. That's an
1: excellent way to explain what we've done.
0: Yeah. So you got the restaurant. You're you, you've worked there. You work there. It's part of your growing up. You live on the farm you obviously work the farm and have been part of you know the the various day-to-day all of that and we still haven't even talked about table rock industries so because I, I don't know where you have time then to start your own your own business but let's let's pivot and let's talk about table rock industries what is it when did you found it what do you do with the company and um Yeah, let's get into it. So I originally had what I call JMG Innovations, and it wasn't really
1: a business. It was more kind of like a blog website kind of deal where where I would highlight my projects and things that I was doing. And about back in the fall, I kind of had this thought and, you know, I realized I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for, you know, everyone around me um, that have helped me along the way. And so I felt kind of guilty referring to what I was doing as JMG Innovations, which is my initials. Um, You know, I thought, you know, I need to give recognition to more people in what I'm doing. And that's when I had the idea to change the name to Table Rock Industries. Because Table Rock is where I've grown up. It's the name of our, you know, our road. Um, And it's cool because it has a lot of sentimental value to me. Um, Because my grandfather, who I'm named after, Jake Grimm, he grew up on Table Rock Road as well. And so I thought, you know, that'd be perfect. And it kind of sounds like a cool name. So I changed it to that. And then if we go back to around March, when we started having some major problems in the United States with COVID, you know, my school shut down, everything went to online. And so I had a little bit more time, time on my hands at that point. And I thought, you know, what can I do? to help others. Because I didn't want to sit around watching Netflix all day and get bored. I like to stay active. And so I asked myself that. And I saw on the news one night that General Motors started manufacturing face shields. Um, You know, plastic face shield that someone in the medical industry can wear, you know, protect their eyes and, you know, protect themselves from any fluid being projected at them. And I thought, you know, that's really cool. I think I can do that. So I started asking around the community to figure out where I could help out and, you know, make these face shields and give them to people. And so the first group I reached out to was Adams County Regional EMS. And I got in touch with one of the people in charge there. And I I couldn't believe it. He said, you know, we can't get any face shields right now because all the major cities and the large hospitals were, you know, they were eating them up because the, the, the supply chain was so screwed up. And so rural areas, like where I'm from, they couldn't get any. And so I knew right away that, you know, I had to take initiative and I had to help them out. And I said, all right, I'll make you guys face shields. And so it actually took about three weeks until I was able to acquire all the materials to make these face shields. And I had to work with about 15 different companies throughout the United States just to get plastic and foam. Two very simple materials, but... You know, to get them at the quantity that I wanted, at the time that I wanted, it just wasn't out there. Wow! But I kept pushing through and eventually I got, you know, the plastic, the film, and then the elastic I was able to find at a nearby store. And so, long story short, I ended up making over 800 face shields that I was unable to donate to different organizations such as EMS. Um, some dentist office, uh, doctor's offices, anywhere that I could lend a hand I was giving them face shields and you know I said hey these are for you to use these are for to protect you if you can give me some kind of donation return to help cover the cost of materials I would greatly appreciate that I'm not looking to make a profit but at the end of the day these are for you and it worked out great and so after doing that I thought this is really cool I want to keep helping people And I came up with this idea one night for my mother um, to utilize a QR code for her menu. And you could just put it, you know, on the table, and then you could scan that. And then all of a sudden, the menu would come up on your smartphone. Um, And I thought nothing about, you know, sharing that with other people. And then it hit me the one night. (laughs) It hit me one night, and then I was up till like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning thinking about it and how I could do it. But I realized that I could use what I was doing for my mother's restaurant to scale it up and to offer it to other people. And so that was back in May. And that's when the QR menu system by Table Rock Industries was, you know, was born, was found.
0: Yeah, it's I mean, it's awesome. So, you know, so many great ideas come from uh, people trying to scratch their own itch. So uh, explain what the, the QR menu system is. So the QR menu system is a very easy, affordable
1: way for you to take your, your, your physical menu and turn it into a digital scannable menu. Now, this is something that you can do for your restaurant. Um, and there's ways to do it online to, to convert a menu to a QR code. Uh, but the QR menu system allows you to do much more than that. And you can actually go on to the qrmenusystem.com for free and upload your menu and it will generate a QR code for you and then you can print that out and people can get your menu Um, but with the pro QR menu system that's where the magic happens and with that you can upload up to 10 different menus Um, Chip you mentioned that you know you could upload an entree menu, a drink menu, dessert menu, you know a special menu um, any menu you want you can upload up to 10 of them and they're all correlated to that single QR code that's placed on the table at the host station, you know, on in the bar, anywhere. And this is the great part about the QR menu system. If you want to update your menu, like right now, the supply chain is crazy. You know, burger one day you might be able to get it, the next day you can't. The price goes through the roof, or you know, seafood's out the window. If one of the meat distributors, you know, COVID, you know, strikes their plant, it's done. And so the, it, we're in a volatile time right now. And so you have to be dynamic with your menu to be able to change it. So if you want to update your menu, all you have to do is you know go into Word or whatever you made your menu in, change it, and you can upload it right to the QR menu system website. It automatically will sync to your original QR code. And that saves you a lot of time. If you try to do it on your own, what would end up happening is you would have to print out a whole new QR code, you know, make copies, go back to all the tables that have the old ones, replace them. With the QR menu system, the pro version, don't have to worry about that at all.
0: Yeah, that's that's one of the things that uh, that I really liked about it, and I've recommended. Uh, so I've said to you know I said this on the show before. Um, that I run my own uh, marketing agency. so it's a consulting agency here in New York City. I have a bunch of different clients and they're dealing with this same you know this same issue, which is do we either uh, do disposable menus? so you just print out a ton of paper menus every single night, or do you come up with some kind of uh, reusable menu that can be properly wiped down each after each and every table, uh, which gets time consuming. So the first one is expensive, the second one is time consuming and the other the solution then is some one of these like qr codes and there are other companies that do this but the the thing that i loved so much about what Jake has developed with this one, with the QR menu system, the the pro version, uh, and the reason why we're sitting on this show uh, talking about this is because it's a it's a whole system that works within itself. Um, I've been recommending uh, I've been recommending it to the the clients that I work with uh, specifically for this reason, um, in that uh, again you can house you know up to ten different menus there, you know, like we were just saying. So appetizers, entrees, cocktails, wine list, dessert menu, everything can live there. Um, and you take that QR code, right? So you generate a QR code and you can put it up at the front. You can put it at the window. You can put it at the, the register. You can put it on the tables. You can, you know, a variety of different places. I mean, I think of, I look at the beauty of putting that QR code on the outside window. And this is where I start thinking long-term, right? So if you have a restaurant and you post your menu on the outside of the door, And people walk by and they see the menu and they think about whether they wanna eat there and then they walk on and then they're barraged with all kinds of other advertising and marketing pitches. But what if you put the QR code right on your window and you invite people to scan it and then they take it away with them. Then they've got their browser open and they've got your menu available and it's gonna remind people down the line when they go back and revisit it an hour later or a day later or a week later. Um, I just think there are long-term uh, implications here of this. I mean, so much of uh, so much of the culture is changing because of COVID, and this is one of those things where I think I think some good is going to come out of this. That in in the in the short term, it's saving uh, it's saving the restaurant owner uh, from this struggle either. Replacing the menus or having to wipe them all down over and over again, but again, in the long term, I see real applications.
1: You hit it, you know, on the head. It's going to save you time and it's going to save you money, not having to print out, you know, disposable menus. And plus, that's helping the environment too. Um, and I also, I firmly believe that it can increase your sales. Um, Chip, you made, you know, uh, it's an Excel spreadsheet. Am I correct to help restaurants out? Yeah. With their finances, yeah. and so right now times are tough you know you need to make as much money as you can and there's not a lot of you know traffic coming in the door and so you want to try to make as much money off of each guest as you can um, you know and still providing a great service and so what I recommend to restaurants using the QR menu system is take some time and add some pictures to your menu um, because you know with a physical menu that's going to cost you a ton of money to pay for that in ink and to have that there but if you add pictures to a digital menu then the instantly you have a visual aid you know i always go back to i refer to you know burger if you have a a $15 cheeseburger that looks juicy and good or maybe even it's $20 if you have a picture that complements that burger really well then all of a sudden your guests they're not as worried about the price tag because they see that and they're already hungry for it you know their mouth is watering up and so i think that's a great way to utilize the qr menu system to your
0: advantage and then you know allow it to pay for itself really yeah i think that's a really interesting point of like i feel like i've been saying this the last couple of weeks i've been thinking a lot about this but it's you know restaurants have been around you know like the institution of a restaurant has been around a couple hundred years it's, it's really not that old and the model hasn't really changed we've you know new cuisines we you know there's different novelty you know pieces that change but restaurants and and what we do is has largely gone unchanged and i and i See, this whole COVID crisis, as awful as it's been and as stressful as it, as it is for, for all of us and everyone out there listening, um, I think there's a real opportunity on the backside to just to just fix some things and do some things that make sense. And in this case, you know, you're using technology to improve operations to, number one, cut down on costs, and number two, you know, make it better, maybe drive more revenue. Like Jake was saying, use this as an opportunity to, to throw some pictures on there or, I don't know, the sky's the limit, you know, get creative with it.
1: And you know, this is great that we're utilizing this technology and living on a farm, I'm always having to work on things and fix things. And it always frustrates me when something is made more complicated than it needs to be. You know, I don't like to implement technology where it's not needed. And so that's why I've really worked hard to make sure that the QR menu system is as easy as it can be. I don't want to make the restaurant industry more difficult, more complicated to run than it You know, it already is. And so I think the QR menu system really is pretty simple and straightforward to use on both ends. For you as a restaurant owner to utilize it, to upload it, it's super simple. The CEO of, uh, you know, a local country club... um, West Shore Country Club. He he called me one day and he goes, Jake, I don't know how you do it, but you couldn't make this any easier than what it already is. And then it also is easy on the user side. All they have to do is hold their phone over it. Most phones already have a bu- built-in QR scanner at this point, and you just tap it and it'll upload. I always go back to my grandmother. I love her to death, but she she just got an iPhone, but she doesn't know how to use it. So you are going to have to have some of the reusable or disposable menus around. Um, But I've noticed with the restaurants that I'm working with that more people understand how to use this technology than you might think, which is really exciting.
0: Yeah, that's the um, that's the interesting thing uh, right now is that, you know, I don't think technology is really changing. I think what's changing is the adoption curve, the, the kind of people, the demographic that is adopting it like I talk about uh, grocery delivery services. And uh, so here in New York City, we've got Fresh Direct. Obviously, nationwide, there's Amazon Fresh and lots of other companies that do you know grocery delivery. But uh, we were early adopters. My wife and I uh, moved here to New York in 2003. It was the same year that Fresh Direct launched here in New York City. And it's a grocery delivery service. You go onto their website, click, 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 click. You add things into your uh, shopping cart. You pick a window, a two hour window that you're already gonna be home. And they will deliver it literally to your door. It, it it saves us so much time. It is way too convenient. Of course, it was necessary for us because in New York City, you are uh, you're bound by how much you can carry because your nearest you know supermarket, which isn't that super, um, is probably a couple of blocks away. And and how far can you go carrying a ton of groceries? You, you, can only carry so much. So uh, by using the grocery delivery service, it was uh, it was a way to, to get stocked up to get an appropriate uh, grocery order. Um, now fast forward, you know, almost twenty years, and uh, just by virtue of this uh, this pandemic, right, the most vulnerable part of our community uh, are the senior citizens, and right, they were the ones who were going to resist this. They they don't want to use technology. We kept saying they don't they want to be able to go and pick out their produce and all that. Well. You know, desperate times call for desperate measures, and they say, "Well, I don't want to go into a public area like that. Uh, I'm just going to try this thing out." And the adoption, uh, the adoption curve has just is crazy to see how quickly they've adopted this. And I think and I think it will largely stick long after this. It's the same thing with the, the QR menu system that you're talking about, where there's a will, there's a way. And if you don't wanna touch menus that other people have touched, if you don't wanna run the risk, well, you're gonna learn how to hover your phone over a QR code and have it there on your screen. I, I, I firmly believe that. You know, a fun fact about
1: the grocery delivery, I basically live in the middle of nowhere. Um, I don't know if you or any listener, listeners have ever watched the show "Courage, a Cowardly Dog." That was on Cartoon Network back in the day. But basically, there was a house, and, a, and the dog lived in the house, and the house was literally in the middle of nowhere. You couldn't see anything else. That's where I live, and even us, we can get <laughs> uh, grocery delivery to our farm, which is really cool to know. You know, that's
0: available nowadays. Yeah, it's um, you know, again, this this technology is just. Uh, it's here to make our lives, uh, better, uh, more convenient uh, and all of that. Uh, my parents, my parents, uh, resisted zoom for the longest time and, uh, all of a sudden they're figuring out zoom cause they want to, you know, they want to zoom with the, uh, the grandkids and all that. And it's, uh, again, these things have a way of speeding up the adoption, uh, the adoption curve.
1: I tried to teach my grandmother how to Facetime the other day. Now that she has an iPhone, awesome. That lesson didn't go over too uh, very well, uh, but she does have Facebook now, and she loves getting on her Facebook on her iPad to check in, you know, and all the grandchildren and children and seeing
0: all the pictures. So
1: it's cool to see her slowly adapting the technology yeah, as well.
0: My uh, my parents and my in laws they all got onto social media when the grandkids started popping out, and they just thought, okay said, I'm not going to send you pictures every day. This is, you know, if you want to see pictures of your kids, you know, you know, the grandkids in real time, it's going to be on social media. That's just the the way of the world. <laughs> you got to stay on the loop there. <laughs> so tell me now, because before we started the call, uh, we were talking about, you know, kind of all, all the things that you do with Table Rock. Um, the, the QR menu system is just one piece of it. And um, again, before the call, we were talking about, um, we were talking a lot about service, because I think you and I both, you know have this in common i think we both share this and i think a lot of the listeners come from this perspective is that you know we serve people for a living and um you know i was sharing this this quip earlier like you know our customers aren't here to solve our problems we're here to solve theirs and if we solve theirs they in turn will solve ours right which is you know we need revenue we need to make money for our businesses uh, for our restaurants or whatever we have to solve their problems first and so coming at it from this you know very compassionate place i mean that's obviously where you came from you know in building you know face shields and in developing this technology and and this product and putting it out there Um, but there's other things you're doing too so i don't want to i'm interested and so i want to make sure uh to share that with uh with the people as well with the listeners
1: yeah so I think a good way to approach um, what you're asking is we'll start with the very the beginning of my day. Um, I usually try to wake up around five o'clock in the morning. Uh, you know, I love waking up in the morning. I sometimes say it's the best time of the day um, to get up, get moving, and get things done. And when I wake up, one of the first things that crosses my mind, I think, is how many people can I help today? You know How many people can I make a difference in their lives and help improve theirs? because at the end of the day every person that I help that ends up helping me too and um, you know you got to figure out a way to <laughs> make it financially work um, but that's the basis of it helping people so my day starts out at five o'clock in the morning I go I work out and this is also answering you asked earlier how do you do all this stuff yeah I,
0: I don't know I don't know how you do all this stuff so yes I'm, <laughs> I'm very eager to hear this
1: so I work out first thing in the morning I try to get in the gym by about five thirty. I'll work out for an hour Uh, Then I usually go into the restaurant and I make my morning eggs. Uh, We have chickens on the farm so I bring eggs with me. I fry up some eggs in at the restaurant. That way I can then go and enjoy my meal there at the square and watch the carts go around and it's just a great way for me to start my day because usually my days turn out to be stressful and hectic. so that's you know my piece you know, to get started. And so then by about eight o'clock, I'm usually back on the farm getting work done. and working on a farm is crazy because every day can be different. Um, some days I can you know work for a couple hours and be done by three o'clock and then you know I'm off doing my own thing. Um, other days I'm there till you know one o'clock in the morning stacking hay. It, it's just it happens. And you know sometimes when my mother feels bad, Um, and other times she's like you need to get this done Um, but my response always is the work needs to get done and so that's my mindset and you know get the work taken care of then i can focus more on you know what i'm trying to accomplish Uh, because i still live at home and you know i don't have to pay to live at home so it's my responsibility to carry my weight so once i'm done working on the farm and usually i can get done around five o'clock or so we'll say that's an average so once i'm done there then i go to my office uh, where I have a better internet connection, um, on the farm we have terrible internet and so I get to my office and then I usually work there till 9, anywhere from 9 to midnight doing work for the table rock industries and so the reason I'm able to do all of that and it's a lot of work and sometimes you know weeks turn into days and days turns into weeks and it flies by but I'm passionate about what I'm doing and I know that what I'm doing is helping others and it, it's exciting so you know, I don't keep track of the time that I'm spending. I'm focusing on where I'm going. And I think, what do I need to do to get from point A to point B? And I'm going to work as hard as I can to do that. And so some nights, you know, I'm in there coding away um, late in the night. Uh, stop and I usually run it up and get some tacos by, from a nearby restaurant. Excellent. And so I'm either coding or writing emails, connecting with restaurants, marketing. Um, it's very exciting because I just hired another employee recently named Hunter Dubs. Um, the, the kid, I can't call him a kid anymore. Well, I used to go to high school with him. He's grown up now. Uh, but the dude is a, is a programming wizard. So he's going to help take the QR menu system to even higher heights. So I'm really excited about that. Um, and when I'm writing my emails, I usually end up having to put them on a timer because I write them late at night. And so then I make sure they get sent back out, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning so I'm not waking up anyone in the middle of the night. But it's just, you know, it's a constant, I don't like using the word grind because I think that brings kind of a negative idea to it. But it's really just working away and trying to achieve as much as you can. And really, I'm I'm having fun with it. I enjoy it, I'm passionate about it. And I know that I feel confident that I'm getting somewhere and I'm helping people out. And, you know, I know I'm getting somewhere. Um, Table Rock Industries and the QR menu system is helping restaurants all over the United States. And as of last week, we're now working with restaurants throughout the United Kingdom which is really cool I did not see that coming I wasn't even marketing in the United Kingdom um, but word got passed around there awesome and so now we're up to three restaurants in the United Kingdom alone that are using the QR menu system so it's exciting to see where that's going Um, another branch of Table Rock Industries is you know I like to help out people in the community and I help out other businesses I guess you could call it consulting um, but really just working with them so I'm working with two different businesses right now, one of which is a local fruit farmer. And I'm helping them kind of with their logistics and their online sales and improving the way that they do business, you know, just selling fruits and vegetables and helping them make sure that they're providing their fruits and vegetables to the customer in a safe way, an efficient way. Um, That's really cool to see how I can take my knowledge and my, uh, my talents and to help out you know people in the agriculture industry because people in the agriculture industry they're hard workers and they are catching up with technology um, and so I'm helping you know push them along. Another company that Table Rock Industries right now is working with is DGI Creative. Um, they build you know signs, billboards, they do screen printing, they make t-shirts and they're really interested in 3D printing so I've been working a lot with the owner of DGI Creative and you know teaching him about 3D printing And how he can utilize that to improve his business, and they're also looking to get into CNC manufacturing to help out with their signs, and so that's uh you know on the books to work on that coming up here soon. And so it's it's exciting to see what Table Rock Industries can do to help other people to improve their business, to improve their lifestyle. Um, In
0: the end of the day, you know, our slogan
1: is to make a positive difference.
0: That's largely why I wanted to, to sit down with you because uh, we share this in common and I think uh, we share this with a lot of the listeners um, in that if you're not helping people, you know, again, it's that whole idea, right? They're, they're not here to solve our problems. We're here to solve theirs. Um, I, I firmly believe that we are in uh, the service industry, right? That's what hospitality is. We're here to serve people, to take care of people. And um, uh, I love that the QR menu system uh, is is kind of bred out of that, that, that idea of service, that idea of trying to help people, you know, and here you're helping people help people. Um, I just, I think it's, I think it's a really cool thing. So real quick, I want you to talk about a couple of different things. What, um, what predictions do you have for kind of restaurants over the next, I don't know, year you know, coming out of the COVID crisis, where are things gonna trend? What are you What are you starting to see out there either, you know, as it pertains to technology or kind of people's habits or whatever, like you've been around the restaurants long enough to to know some things. So what do you think, what do you see?
1: You know, Chip, I don't think, uh, we're not out of this COVID issue yet. Um, where you know, that's still a major concern and it, it, it can definitely spike again. Um, and hopefully it doesn't, but you know, time will tell what happens. Um, I think restaurant owners, they need to be prepared. I know it's hard for them right now. I was just talking to a restaurant owner named Greg over in the UK. And he said, Jake, I feel like my head's in a vice and my eyes are propped open with matchsticks. Um, so I, I know the restaurant owners are stressed right now. <laughs> I got a quote right here I think can go well with that. Nathan Chan, he's the owner of Founder Magazine. He said, as long as... There are problems. There will be opportunities. Yeah, for sure. And so I think as restaurant owners, you know, they need to remember there's still a need for them out there. What they need to do is be creative and focus how they can fulfill those needs. And um, I think, you know, a major shift right now is focus on how can you improve your takeout orders? What can you do differently there? And how can you make people feel comfortable if they do come to your restaurant? Something that we implemented at ours is we literally have shower curtains in between all the ball tops. And, you know, I I really didn't like the idea at first. I thought, man, that's going to look tacky and terrible. It actually (laughs) came out really nice. It doesn't look that bad. And it's kind of like a saloon feel to it kind of now. But little things like that that you can do to ensure that your guests feel comfortable there. Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, some people, they don't care about, you know, the whole COVID thing and being safe. And some people are really scared. And so you need to make sure that you are, you know, you're pleasing both types of people, you know. And so doing whatever you can to make sure the customer feels safe, to, to be providing to their issues, to their problems. And just, you need to be, I think this is a perfect time to be creative. Figure out what you can do differently than other people around you and solve those problems.
0: Yeah, it's so much of what we talk about here on the show. The name of my company is Chip Close Creative because I believe uh, creative solutions are the only kinds of solutions. Uh, if there were easy solutions to problems, they've all been figured out. And if, uh, if there are really big problems they need, uh, creativity uh, is required to, to solve them. Um, Jake, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to sit with me and to, uh, to talk about uh, the QR menu system. Uh, tell everybody at home where they can learn more about you and the program and all of that. So if you want to learn more about the QR
1: menu system, you can go to www.qrmenusystem.com. The link will also be connected to the podcast. And there I have tons of videos there explaining how you can utilize the QR menu system, what it does for your restaurant, how guests can use it. And if you have any questions, you can contact me through the website and I'd be more than happy to take the time to work with you.
0: Yeah, we'll obviously put the link uh, to all that in the show notes. So if you don't feel like typing it into your browser, you can just uh, look there and click there. Jake, I really appreciate you taking the time. Any uh, last words of wisdom before I let you go? No, Chip, I'd just
1: like to thank you once again for allowing me to come on the show. I've really enjoyed talking with you. You know, It's excellent what you're doing and how you're helping restaurants with your podcasts. Uh, and I think it's well needed right now.
0: Well, I appreciate your support and uh, it goes right back to you. I hope uh, hope this thing is a big success. Uh, like I said, I've been a big proponent of it and I've already started uh, talking it up to uh, to the clients that I work with. Jake, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation with Jake Grimm, founder of Table Rock Industries and the QR Menu System. Again, you'll find a link in the show notes to go check out the QR Menu System. It really is as easy to use as he said. Uh, If you're looking for a good solution, I hope you'll check out the site. As always, I appreciate you being here. Stay safe, stay creative, and I will see you next time.